1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Now back to Willard and Dibbs. Take it away, Mark. Okay, Steph,
3: you get well better soon, too, okay? Geared up for the playoffs right now. The way to do it is 95.7thegameshop.com. Relevant shirts. D-P-O-Y?
4: Exactly. And he did that. uh, Of course he did. He did that after his... uh, I don't even know if that goes down as a pressure. It doesn't go down as a QB hit, although he hits the lineman into the QB. (laughs) Whatever it was, he put the hands up early like... Saccharini. And
3: and actually, if you, I don't know if you saw this video, somebody caught an angle of it where the second Mosa shoves the O lineman into Stidham, he turns around and not only does he do the hands up, (laughs) but then he's kind (laughs) of celebrating like arms go up. Like he knew, he knew right away. He's oh, like, yeah. "I just, you just threw a quail up into the air." Oh man! He's like, "Somebody go get it!" And he turns around and sees that again from the angle. And I don't know if you could see it this way on TV. I'll share this story with you about Allegiant Stadium. So, and just the experience of being there, I was kind of at an angle. We were up in the three hundred level, and I was at an angle of like where stood him through that ball was directly was your at corner? us. Okay, so. I could see right away the second he let the ball go. It was it, like Gibson. It was either Gibson or you were going to pick that off. Gibson turns into a. It's like a fly ball to center field. Can and of Gibson, corn. Gibson is camped under it, and there is no one within fifteen yards of him. So the second the ball releases from Stidham's hand, I'm going yes, yes, yeah! Like I and I think there were people next to me going, "What the hell?" Because it felt like it was in the air for like five seconds lands in his hands so gently and off he flies down the right sideline and i'm losing my cookies just for all the normal reasons of a being a 49er fan You're thrown and, up yeah i mean like i almost fainted i'm not kidding there was so much energy in the building and so that game had been such a topsy Plus, I had been to the Bears game earlier this year, so I got I got all of you, all, all twenty seven of your texts telling me I'm never allowed to go on the road to a forty nine er game ever again. Guarded. <laughs> They're like Robbie Gold is you Willard. You are never going to a road game ever again. I got all of those texts, and I'm sitting there going, God, I, I, like I don't even do is I need it to, me? I got to walk home. What the hell's going on here? So Gibson catches that ball and he's heading down the right sideline, and I. Am jumping up and down like a frickin' child, and he goes out of bounds at the four or whatever it was, And I stopped the jumping, and I turned toward Christy, and I I did a wobble. Like, I almost went down. It was like, whoa, head rush. And you weren't drunk,
4: either. You don't do that. I did a beer and a half. Okay, you were drunk. I
1: take it back. (laughs) I take it
4: all back. You were half in the bag after a beer and a half. That's exactly right. You're
3: like, wait a minute. You had a second? That's crazy, man. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah, man, beer and a half. It was crazy. bro. had a hot dog, too. Which leads to me blowing your mind about Allegiant Stadium. Look, here's this kryptonite. I've never had a harder time getting out of a stadium in my entire life.
4: Really? Candlestick. Have you ever been to Candlestick?
3: Forget it. Forget it. I'm telling you, you walk out of the stadium. It's Vegas. Like, you can't. You want to go to the Uber lot? That's like, that's a two-hour wait, Okay. Plus, you're right across the freeway overpass from Mandalay Bay. You can walk to so Mandalay Bay. That's what everyone wants to do. So you get 70,000 people at once who want to walk to Mandalay Bay. Let me tell you, LA traffic got nothing on standing and trying to walk out of Legion State. You're just there, your chest to back and not moving.
4: Are you outside the stadium at this outside, point? Outside,
3: yes. Getting out of the stadium was also 50, difficult. 50,000 people.
4: Outside. outside.
3: Allegiant Stadium on the way out. You got the side-by-side escalators. They still got the one on the right coming up. I'm like, can we make both of these go down? So we? So that took forever. Then you get outside, and I'm telling you, you just stand there for 45 minutes. Really? Not moving. Then we ended up going on it. Anyway, I don't need this. So that was It's Cryptonite. Because you're going to walk to the strip. Yeah, but and it's you, about a mile and a half. But you can't even do that. You can't even do that. You can't get an Uber. You, there's no way out. If you're, the freeway is blocking you Shout one direction. Costner, the no desert out. is on the other side. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. So anyway, that's its kryptonite. Other than that, amazing experience. The stage that's in the stands is used for all kinds of things. And at halftime, it was used for Ice Cube and Too Short. It was incredible. The acoustics, the sight lines. Everything, the Vegasness of it all, the show, just amazing. And then, then Christy says, You know what? I got a hankering for some nachos. I said, You sit right there, you love your lady, and you watch this game. I'm going to go get you some nachos. So I head up to the concessions. Practically no line because there are tons of them. And I'm seeing the game there. like second quarter. Well, it was some break. You know what okay. I mean? I think it was a quarter break. And I'm and I'm looking at the board there at the concessions and I go, Well that can't be right. So those must be just those numbers up there must be denoting something else. Turns out, nope, they were right. I got a souvenir Raiders water bottle, a Nacho's, and I'm like, while I'm here, I'll have a hot dog. I need some protein. I'm about to have two freaking drinks, Bob. <laughs> Give me some Give protein and bun soak it up. I get back to the seat and I go, "Christy, look at this. Now I got a water bottle, souvenir Raider water bottle, I have a hot dog, and I have your nachos. I would like game show music, please. You tell me what you think this costs." So she looks at it's this thing. Da, da, da. Did you... Did yeah, did. You know it. like, hey, on the stage, game show music, <laughs> please! <laughs> how much... How much did this cost? She looks One million dollars. Right, she looks at the water bottles, she's like, well, that's 18. And then she looks at the nachos, and she's like, I don't know, 14... And then she looks at the hot dog. Oh, hot dog. Good Lord. You know, that'd be, be, like <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> but she, she turns into Bochi and she's like, <laughs> 15. And then, <laughs> right? And, and add it all up and she's like, and I don't even know what all the ads up. but she goes, I think that That's was $47. $47. Bucks. $47, $47 and, and 50 cents. And I go, this in my hands right here. $13. Wow. And- bottle was nine jeez i'm not kidding it was like going to your son's little league game you want a hot dog three bucks you want nachos you get snow cone too. two bucks if you would like extra cheese sauce one dollar please really would you like a soft pretzel three dollars everything that's in the non-alcoholic bin ah, over here unless it's like a fancy like we went over to the chicken place and got them to carve something up unless you're doing that Everything was two and three dollars. I bleep you not. That's
4: crazy, man. I mean, that's like that's like nineteen seventies prices. It was unreal.
3: It's like the Masters, like we've pointed out so many times. Hello, friends. Every- yeah, hello. I was like, hello, friends. I'll be back. Did you get a pimento sandwich? <laughs> no, but I got twenty-seven more hot dogs. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Thirteen. To- I haven't checked out at a food concession stand at a game. For $13 since I was a little kid and it doesn't matter what you're getting. Can you get one item anywhere for $13? One
4: item. Like maybe you can get a pretzel, a popcorn, something like that. The this only place was- where you can get way that inexpensively in terms of food is Costco. And I did buy, go there over Christmas. But you
3: got to buy 30
4: of them. Well, you know, hot dog, buck fifty, All and right. you get a 20 that's ounce true. drink with that's it. True. So, but I mean, that's the only place where you could go and get a hot dog and a drink for that kind of price but to go to an actual holy smoke even like a college sporting event even a high school sporting event i defy you to go to your local high school and get nachos a water and a hot dog and have it be much less than $13 well, plus I, it, was it was
3: las vegas like we're trained it's like look if you leave your room in vegas that's going to cost you $150 i'm sorry right it's new year's day right we're going to go to a restaurant whatever i'm sorry that's going to be $450,000 like right. i mean right and you you're in vegas and the Raiders are playing the Niners, and they're like, you want nachos? That's $2. Well, it
4: used to be what? in Vegas where you would just get <laughs> free drinks. Like, oh, That's yeah, That's yeah. While yeah, like, you're gambling. Exactly. While you're gambling. Exactly. But they used to, you know, hand out drinks like, you That'd know, Halloween weird. candy. Can you imagine? Where- <laughs> <laughs> if you're at, at the actual Raider game. Right. Do they have, like, slot machines and other things? No, you know, that
3: question came up a lot. The stadium? They don't, but I, I, I sort of was like, eh, give them five years. It's a new stadium, you know what I right, mean? Right. Like Although... Well, I just
4: remember when uh, Vegas had an arena football team and they played at the Orleans Hotel. They have an arena there at the Orleans And you would see fans not watching the game, they'd be up on the concourse playing slots.
3: Exactly, which I don't think anybody wants. They want you, you know, they want you engaged in the the football game, even though they're 6 and 10. Anyway, yeah, incredible experience. And then obviously an incredible football game that I think brought up all kinds of answers and then all kinds of questions as well. The number one answer on the board, and I know Christian McCaffrey was, again, incredible, and this is the acquisition of the year. There's no two ways about that. But people wanted to see Brock Purdy do one thing, and that was play from behind and play a high-scoring game. This game for Brock Purdy was his version of Jimmy Garoppolo's Saints game, the year that the 49ers went to the Super Bowl in 2019. It always gets referenced. Oh, when is Jimmy Garoppolo going to ever put up big numbers and big points in a high-scoring game. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to win 23-17. He's never going to win the 45-42 to game. Everyone always brings up the Saints game and the fourth down throw to George Kittle that set the 49ers up for the win in that game. This game was that game. Even though I know Purdy's stats don't jump off, he still didn't even quite get to 300 yards. They didn't need to throw a lot in the first half, and that led to that. But Yes, a few mistakes in there, any game like that will have those, but he continues to have so much guts in situations where you're like, I'm terrified for you. I'm in the stands and I'm like, I can't breathe. It's a tie game. It's overtime, whatever. Here you go, Brock, two minute drill, tie game. Can you take him down the field? It's just check, 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 check. He came through big time in the second half.
4: every single time. It's incredible. Example one why I hate quarterback rating. His quarterback rating in the first half, 115.8. Now what's wrong with that? He He was was 7 of 10 for 38 yards. So you look at the QB rating. Oh, (laughs) 115.8. They were all check downs. And, you know, he had the two touchdowns on... On passes that were inside the red zone and the great throw to George Kittle. Unbelievable throw, which by the way, not to disparage Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's not a play that Jimmy Garoppolo ever makes, even in his wildest dreams, where he rolls left and he buys time and he has the chutzpah to find George Kittle. In that fashion, but Brock Purdy, he was fine in the first half, a lot of checkdowns, and we can look at the positives of Brock Purdy in that game. I'm a little bit more troubled by the other side of the ball, and something we saw again from Talanoa Hufanga, the pro bowler, for probably the fourth time this year, he got caught. He got caught looking in the backfield. He got cooked on that on that opening touchdown, and that to me is a bit of a troubling sign. Your defense gave up 500 yards to Jarrett Stidham. That to me is a little bit more troubling than Mike Silver would uh, allow you to think. I agree with you.
3: There, there, There's no question that that's the number one question coming. Did the 49er defense just have a bad day or did somebody find something that other playoff teams are going to have an opportunity to take advantage of? I thought, you know, you're almost underselling what a tough game it was for Hufanga. Um, he was better in the second half, but he got torched on the opening touchdown. He definitely played a role in the breakaway Devontae Adams touchdown that made it 24-14. He was one of two players covering Devontae. And you or see not him, covering Devontae. Right, you see him stop and he looks... And he decides, I'm going for Stidham. And he gets to Stidham, but not quick enough. Too late. Adams is by himself down the field. It's a touchdown, and then don't forget the face mask play. The the defense was absolutely, that was their big moment where they were about to finally stop the Raiders deep in their own territory, force a field position punt, and on third down, he continues to have undisciplined moments, I think is the takeaway here. He's a pro bowler. He's had a great year. He's a phenomenal player and a talented player, but it's almost Jordan Poole-esque where you're like, dude, you got a lot of ability, but you are committing too many turnovers out here, and that scares you as you get ready for the playoffs because one play can turn a game.
2: Now,
4: defensive positives, Eric Armstead uh, on that goal line play, when he takes the Raider offensive lineman, throws him aside, fights through the second block, and still makes the tackle, he's starting to play at a great level. I'm a little bit concerned about the pass rush, not including... Nick Bosa and the Raiders did a fantastic job of containing Nick Bosa all game long. The Niners weren't able to generate a lot of pressure on Jared Stidham and the Raiders were able to run the ball yep. against this Niner defense. So I know it's just one game, and the Raiders played fantastic. I don't want to take anything away from the way the Raiders played on offense, but there were some troubling signs with that 49er defense. Like you said, Hufonga and uh, to me, pass rush outside of Nick Bosa has been lacking.
3: Bosa made the comment that Josh Jacobs, that was the best running back he's played in the NFL yet. Wow. He made that comment after that game. So, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully this was, you know, the Niner defense was very good in 2019 also, and they just had one of those damn games against the Saints, and the 49ers were able to survive it and yep. win. And maybe this is that day. Maybe this is that day. But that defense has not looked like that since they played the Chiefs. I think it's incredibly encouraging that they still won the football game. Absolutely. And by the way, you pointed to something about Purdy. And then we're going to go to the phones here in just a sec. 888-957-9570. But you pointed to something about Purdy. And I've decided this is the fair thing that we can say when we compare Purdy to Garoppolo. A lot of people want to talk about Purdy's feet. They are better than Garoppolo. Right? Uh, Experience, you'd give the nod to Garoppolo. But we all can feel like, gosh, the offense just does feel more dynamic. It moves better. They seem to score 30 or more all the time now, and they didn't do that before. Here's what's happening if I was to really whittle it down to one sentence. When Purdy is in instead of Garoppolo, they are so much more effective. In the red zone. That is the difference. It's not just the fact that he's making the throws. It's the fact that he's having those throws called. You can tell that Shanahan has the confidence that that red zone mistake, when the field gets small, interceptions become much more likely. He trusts Purdy. Now, Purdy threw one to Kittle at the goal line that was a little bit too scary for me. It just got knocked down. It's okay. But the bottom line is... Even the simple ones, the Ayuk first touchdown, which looked like a simple throw. It's like you get down to the six-yard line, and instead of going, well, we're just going to try to punch it in for three runs, and then we'll be fourth and goal at the one, and I'll kick a field goal and take everyone off. Instead of that thing that's been going on for three years, you get Kyle Shanahan going, dude, drop him back. I'm confident he's not going to mess this up. And so far, he hasn't. So the Niners are taking some of those threes, and they're turning them into sevens. And instead of having 24 points at the end of the game, you got 35 or 37. And that's all the difference in the world. That's number one for me as far as the difference is Purdy is throwing touchdowns in the red zone. Red
4: zone confidence. They were four of six in the red zone and, uh, you know, the red zone efficiency, by the way, hasn't been that much better. They're 19th in the NFL in terms of touchdown percentage and 46% in the last three games that were the Purdy start, so it hasn't gotten a lot better. But I like what you said in terms of Kyle Shanahan and his confidence ability. And the throw to George Kittle is a great example where he was able to buy time, roll, and then make that, that tough throw in a play that I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo makes. In terms of the defense, the Niners defense, I'm far from panicked. I'm not even really necessarily worried, but... I just thought that there were some troubling signs that developed in the way that the Raiders were able to go through them. And like you said, opening drive, fine. We've seen that a number of different times, but the Raiders just kept going, and Ugh. they had the Niners' defense on its heels all
3: game. No doubt, no doubt. You know, they run the ball sometimes on first down. They're just gashing for six, seven yards a lot of the time, and we're not used to seeing that. So it was jarring. Uh, no two ways about it. Uh, Rich in Roseville here on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Rich, thanks for calling. What are you doing?
2: Hey, guys, thanks for taking my phone call. Love the show. Uh, I just uh, chime in today about Hamlin. I hope he gets better. Uh, God praise him. I just want to say something to the NFL. They need to wake up. uh, There's a a report done in 2000 about the hits from NFL players, and it it equaled one-tenth the two-thirds of what a car can do to you per hit, depending on what player hits you. Like a a corner and a safety, they're about 1,900 to 2,500 pounds of pressure. And then linebackers are about 35 to 4,500 pounds of pressure. Linemen are 55 to 6,500 pounds of pressure per hit. And if you guys remember the cornerback from the Raiders who had uh, that chest injury where he just took a knee to the chest and it ripped his artery off his heart uh almost what happened last night that was not even close to a concussion guys i don't know what everyone's saying that was a spear to the chest and then he spiraled in the air and then he landed on the helmet with his chest yeah yeah so rich
3: let me ask you this though real quick like i want to be clear on what you're saying i mean do you want football to go away
2: is that what you're saying no, I wanna you know we need to get we need to get better pads. we need to maybe put a speed limit in there because <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, Rich, it's just—it's just not realistic. Thanks, Appreciate it's, you listening.
3: It's not realistic, and, and and I understand what you're saying. These moments they hit us in ways that that make us very, very uncomfortable, and that's a good thing, by the way, because we're humans, and sometimes it's good, especially with the way the world is now, to be reminded. Oh, oh, that's right. There's humanity. We care about each other. You should see what's happening to the GoFundMe. Oh, it's that, amazing that Hamlin amazing. Hamlin started years ago for a toy drive, and I think it's just been kind of dormant. For a little while, is making millions, millions and yes. millions of dollars uh, from fans, from other NFL players. Uh, Trey Lance jumped in and, and donated a thousand dollars. I saw that earlier today. So, and,
4: um, and let's be honest about what the NFL's done in terms of making the game safer. And we all decry what they've done with roughing the passer and how they protect the quarterbacks and all the rest of it. But beyond that, trying to eliminate the helmet-to-helmet hits has been a good thing in terms of the concussion and. What happened last night in the Buffalo game was an absolute freak occurrence. Of and I was talking to my wife, the beloved, the lovely supper. About this, and she said, "You know, don't they have pads there?" And I said, "Well, that's like one of the few areas on the body where there aren't pads between the shoulder pads, unless you're wearing a flak jacket." I mean, which there's very just few that, players. Yeah, do. there's
3: that sort of fiberglass portion, but it's not that padded. Right, yeah. it doesn't yeah. pad you know
4: your entire chest, and that that was just really kind of a freak accident in terms of where that impact happened.
3: Look, it, it, it's it's so hard to say because it sounds like uh, you know it sounds crass, but. You're not gonna you're not gonna take danger out of football. So if your point is you want football to stop, actually would hear that point. If that's your point, that's your point. But the players themselves are, are fully aware of how dangerous this is. It's good for us sometimes to get a reminder of how dangerous it is and the humanity that we should that we should use to lead many of the things that we say about this game and about these players. But I mean, is auto racing done? Auto racing, it feels like once every couple of years, somebody dies. Somebody like dies, okay? Not injured, not torn ACL. Somebody dies. One of the most famous names in the history of the sport died in, a, a, in a in a car crash. Exactly. In the middle of a race. And and so, uh, to me, the good news about it is years ago, this was so dangerous, mainly the head impact, and nobody knew. Nobody knew what CTE was. Players were told to get your butt back out on the field, and they did. There is an assumed risk when you sign up to play in the National Football League that I feel like players are now aware of. It doesn't mean we shouldn't have total compassion, but... If, if, if you like football and you want this to continue, you're we're gonna we're gonna get dangerous plays. Things happen. And I we're mean, gonna get ambulances on the field every about now Ryan and again. Shazier, and it's awful. Right? Five
4: years ago, which happened on the same field, by the way, and he was down you know, with a major spinal injury. And every single game, every single weekend, Mark, somebody gets hurt in some sort of way. Far worse than what would happen if they didn't play football. But you're right about the assumed risk of the sport. The sport's not going away. If you look at the 50 most popular television programs from last year, I think football comprises about 45 or 46 of them (laughs) in the top 50. So the, the money involved, the attention that it draws, the amount of fantasy football interest, football's not going anywhere we're just trying to make it as safe as humanly possible and a hit like we saw last night, there's no way to legislate no. that sort of activity out of the game.
3: And by the way, send a prayer to T Higgins too. Uh sure. Yeah. Demar Hamlin, but T Higgins just playing football who now is sitting there, uh you know, as the one who was involved in that play did absolutely nothing wrong and then you end up with this kind of feeling and 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 thought in your in your bones. I mean, it's just, uh, it's really, really tough. All right. 888 957 9570 is the number. Keep heading over to 957thegameshop.com. Get your relevant shirts, DPOI shirts, hoodies, gear from every show. 957thegameshop.com. I want to re uh, bring it up again. The conversation I had LA Airport last night, former NFL player on what he said about the Raiders quarterback situation and the 49ers quarterback situation that's right you could double dip because we talked about both and and i really want to dive into that and see dibs if you callers if you agree with the assessment that was given we'll talk about that coming up next warriors on the table as well and the changeover looms it's willard and dibs on 95.7 the game
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: He missed at the end of regulation. This from 23. Good
2: step. Good hold. Redemption for Robbie. And the San Francisco 49ers win their ninth in a row. 37-34 in overtime. For the Las Vegas
4: Raiders now back to Will and Dibby on 95 7 The game
3: that's Kevin Kugler, Fox Sports. And yeah, the, the texts were coming through to the phone before they go, Okay, if he misses this one, Jesus Willard, <laughs> <laughs> if he misses this one, uh, you're
4: banned, you're banned. And you know what? I would have been like, like the, Mitch in Jersey, I mean, the, <laughs> you banned me, am I banned? Yes, man. i am give my, myself a four. It's an insider's four that right That is there. a very big insider. Because he did get banned by the station. <laughs> and then one he? day he called it. am I banned? Did you ban me? Well, I don't know. He if got it, banned, Mitch. I don't know if he took it too hard because he called
3: <clears throat> every other station in America later that day. So, How you doing, buddy? Yeah.
4: <laughs> Mitch a Jersey. Am I banned? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, Mitch, you're banned. Uh, by the way, that <laughs> that whole Niner game happened. Uh, Robbie Gold, I'm, I'm kind of mad at you, Robbie, because... Uh, I had a waking baby, waking baby syndrome in the other room as he's lining up for the field goal. And I'm thinking, all right, make this and so I don't have to worry. And I hear on the monitor, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm thinking, all right, ba- hold on, baby. Hold on. Niners about to win this game. Snap, hold, kick. Oh, God. love oh, for crying out loud. And now I got to pause it because yeah. we're going to overtime. And now I got to, you know, waking, waking baby syndrome. And so now i got to deal with the waking baby, had the game paused, uh, and then I had to go back and, and watch the resumption therein. It's
3: one of those things, there's no fix for it, but can I just, quick aside, I, I kind of hate this about football. It, it's, it's football's version of the World Cup going to PKs. It's like, gosh, I can't stand in a game like that, right? There were so many good things, so many bad things. The roller coaster we experienced. And then it's like it all comes down to Robbie Gold. Like, Robbie Gold. Robbie's been sitting over on the sideline. He's been an afterthought in this whole thing. He kicked one field goal, cool, or whatever it was, right? You know what I mean? Like, okay, Robbie Gold, that's fine. You know, but two for two at that point. Yeah, good, good for you, Robbie Gold. Right, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, Robbie Gold, Robbie Gold. Like even when Bonte, we were talking to Bonte a couple hours ago, and we referenced the the Georgia Ohio State game, and he goes, "Oh, that kicker." I'm like, really? This kid is lining up from 52 yards with the you know a trip to the national title game on the line. And that's what we're going to remember from this game, even though Ohio State had a double-digit lead, like, the whole time, including with just a few minutes to go. Like, their defense totally gagged that thing up. I'm not coming down the kicker's road. I just hated that. I was like, gosh, can you—I mean, even, even at the end, Gibson goes out of bounds. Was there any thought in your mind? Just punch it in. Like, I don't even want to... I don't want... No, no, no I I mean, know. That's, that's an
4: easy one. That's a layup. I agree with you. That's a 99.4% kick. If you look at the history of the PAT, which is what that was...
3: You know, it was even shorter. Way shorter than a current PAT. No, I mean, the, the old, old school PAT. PAT. Yes,
4: yes. The last year that they had the old PAT, it was converted at a 99.6% rate. Right. That's what that was. Yes,
3: and and you, it's way riskier. You risk a fumble. You risk a penalty. There's all kinds of things that can happen if you just try to punch that thing in. But I had a bunch of people on my phone saying that because they're like, you get scared. And now if Robbie Gold in the playoffs lines up, you're down by one with two seconds to go. And Robbie, how are you feeling now? Oh, you feel
4: confident. He's, you do? One of the, he's one of the best to ever do it. I mean, he's this, very is not, good. Yes, this is he's not that a, good a year. shaky kicker who's made a lot of bad kicks. This is a guy who had a very makeable kick and he missed it. I know, but we do this to other players, and we don't do it to him.
3: And maybe it's because of longevity. And I yes. don't mean just him, but you know, they, like it just certain players. We decide, oh, you know, good when the lights come on. Like we were even saying it about Brock Purdy right now. What's the one thing? Well, <laughs> I know you've done everything, Brock, but <laughs> haven't done it when the lights are on. As if these games aren't huge. We're the lights are bright. Right, Mark. like the play- oh, Can he do it in oh, the you've playoffs? He clinched the division. I mean, yeah. that, who cares? Well, yeah, about a Raider. Game. By the way, why have they clinched the division? Because he's really good and he keeps beating good playoff teams out there. He beat the Bucs. He beat the Dolphins. So this guy has done everything, and we're like, yeah, but what about the playoffs? Well, we're not doing that to Robbie. Oh, you kicked all of your easy field goals, but when it was the game
4: on the line, Gak. We don't do that to him. Why not? Because he's come through more often than not. Now, if it's Cody Parkey, and we remember him from the double joint and other famous misses, you know, we always talk about Scott Norwood. Oh, he pulled a Norwood. You go back and look at Scott Norwood's career, and you look at Scott Norwood's season, the year that he went wide right, he had an unbelievable season, and yet we want to pin that loss on a guy who missed a kick by about a foot.
3: Yeah. A foot. That's true. Robbie missed it by more than a foot. He's in a dome. He's a 40-yarder. Like there really isn't that much. For I think a kicker. The wind
4: was involved. <laughs> Somebody broke wind. Yeah, that, that flame the behind the wind, stick. Actually, <laughs> the autumn wind. Yeah, right. the autumn wind it is was, a kicker. It
3: was, I will say this: a little smoky in there after the whole ice cube uh, too short incident. Oh, yep, look no. at you. I, I don't mean to call it an incident, but uh, yeah, the, the stadium looked different in the second half. A little second half. Yeah. Well, no, and then also, you know, there were just no wonder why you were getting nachos. <laughs> You're like, that's why you passed <laughs> out <down." Totally. laughs> and went to Sean Gibson. I when I <laughs> <That's it. not. laughs> Christy's like, I got a sudden hankering uh, for not uh, just money. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Oh, I do too. Yeah, that's funny because I was about to go eat everything. <laughs> uh, no, no, there was uh, it, there was no excuse. He just missed the kick, and you know what? People do that sometimes. But
4: that's the I, nature of the gig, though. I and mean, Robbie Gold has come through so many times. No, and he's a great kicker. Yeah, sure. Luckily, he's got it. a chance for redemption.
3: Um, we'll get to Warriors coming up in a little bit too, but I want to throw this back out and just see: agree or disagree? So I run into my guy, former NFL player, former NFL scout, current media NFL giant in the LA airport yesterday. What? And I said, okay, Niners, Raiders, what do you see? What the hell's going on here? What's wrong with that defense? Did
4: you it's physically fine. run into him or you just saw him? No, man. I attacked him. <laughs> I attacked him. I dapped him up.
3: And, and you're right. We hugged. Happy New Year. Because it was only January 2nd, Dibs. I don't want to tick you off. I'll allow it. What's the date that we're not allowed to say it anymore? I think after
4: January 7th. 7th. I'm giving you a full week. You got a full week this year. It's only the 3rd, right? Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year. Now, if you don't see somebody and it's January 24th and you hadn't seen them yet this year... If you say Happy New Year to that person, (laughs) you're a bad guy. Well, you
3: better not say Happy New Year to me on January 24th. You shouldn't do that.
4: No, I've already seen you. Yeah. I'm good.
3: Plus, you should say Happy Birthday, not Happy New Year.
4: It's your birthday. Yeah, January 24th. Man. Yeah. You'll be one
3: step closer. Oh, God. One step closer. One step closer. closer. You'll be
4: 48 this year, right? 48, Mm -hmm. yeah.
3: Yeah. I know. Spring chicken. Totally. Anyway, so I'm like, what's going on? Why with the 49er defense? He goes, because now you know why the Raiders benched Derek Carr. And maybe that's a little unfair, but he goes, look, Derek Carr takes the first thing that's available, he's scared to throw the ball downfield. And so the 49ers didn't have any tape on this. They didn't expect this, and they got caught. They got caught pressing up against the line of scrimmage, and he kept throwing the ball right over their head. So that was his take on the Derek Carr, Jarrett Stidham 49er defense thing. Then we go to Niners. All right, what's going on? He goes, look, they're just going to have to eat what they did in the draft with Trey Lance. Brock Purdy's the guy. And what you're seeing is he's more accurate than Trey. And he goes like this with his hands. He goes, you got Kyle Shanahan with a joystick now. He goes, that's all this is. Shout out Atari. Video game for this guy. He is calling plays. And he's got a guy now who's smart enough to see it. We've always said, oh, Jimmy doesn't see it. They need someone who will see it. But he literally put the word smart on it. He said, I just think that this is what's always frustrated them about Jimmy is he doesn't have the acumen
4: to see it. And now he has someone who does. That's his take. And remember, we talked to Brock Purdy's quarterback coach, his personal QB coach, and he talked about S2 cognition. And I looked up. S2 cognition and exactly what that is and all the tests that they put him through and what they learned about Brock Purdy through that cognition and those cognition tests is that not only does he see it, but he has an ability to process it in real time. And that's, I think, what your buddy, your airport buddy, your little airport buddy (laughs) is talking about without knowing exactly the cognition that has gone on behind the scenes. And if that's the case... And you do have to, quote, eat it with Trey Lance. What an insurance policy right? Trey Lance Exactly,
3: And it's still very, very cheap. they would still be very cheap at the quarterback position. It's all sponsored by CalHope.org. Uh, the good news for the Warriors, the bad news for the Warriors, plus why it was different to watch Brock Purdy live. Uh, that is all coming up next. Danny and Gould jump in here as well. Willard and Dibbs.
2: When the moon hits your eye. I
4: like them big pie, that's so Ty Jerome, Poole this time lines up in the backcourt, DiVincenzo and Thompson, far side of the lane, top and bottom, and Draymond Green toward the baseline on the near side. Draymond will screen for DiVincenzo, they both screen for Thompson, who catches, corner three is on the way, no good, Poole runs down the rebound, Poole forces up a three, it's blocked, tipped out, DiVincenzo grabs it in rhythm, buried it,
2: Point six. he tied the game, The Hawks bench. They're looking around. They are stunned. The ball is deflected right out by DeJounte Murray. It
4: was right to DiVincenzo, who comes through with yet another big three. But this game is not over. Point six to go. That's plenty of time for a catch-and-shoot situation for Atlanta, and they will move the ball to the front Uh, Bay is Dante DiVincenzo. Now back to
2: Willard and Dibbs.
3: Take it away, Mark. Okay, Dante. Spadoni. good job. Bellissimo. Listen.
4: Way to bring us back, Spadone.
3: You ever see the movie Kingpin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember yeah. Remember when uh, they changed Munson's name to mean like a bat? Like, oh, you got Munson out in the forest? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so the opposite of that is now DiVincenzo. This means restaurant quality, okay? You get DiVincenzo'd, that means like getting upgraded on a flight, okay? Somebody comes up, you win that thing at the stadium, that little game they play up in the 300 level, and they're like, no, you're watching the second half in row three. You got DiVincenzo. I like that.
4: Okay. You get upgraded from uh, business class to first
3: class. Exactly. Exactly. Or if you're sitting at a craps table and some guy in a red hoodie Man. starts throwing 44s like it's his job. <laughs>
4: Willie McCovey. You got DiVincenzo. Yeah. And you're just riding that. Oh, my You're gosh. riding that thing. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. <laughs> and it's a bailout for your guy, Jordan Poole, who. Yeah. I mean, trying to trying to jack it up, force up some slop. You get swatted in Atlanta. No, Jordan Poole. What are you doing, Atlanta? Well, you're just going to slap the ball out recklessly. Okay, Jordan Poole.
3: In the moment. I'm going to call this in the moment. I'm not going to label him this forever. We're still getting to know Jordan Poole, right? He just became a revelation last year. And so this is still a young player who obviously has incredible gifts. um, But by the same token, we're not 100% sure, like, is this an NBA one? Like, is this the heir apparent to Steph Curry? We don't know all this yet. So we're still getting to know this guy. Um, But Jordan Poole in this moment has like a little Brandon belt to him. In other words, you're like, yes, this is awesome. And then the next minute, you're like, this guy drives me nuts. The the swing of Jordan Poole, very, very much like a clock. Like, I mean, it just goes back and forth. And so for some time... That may be our experience with Jordan Poole, where you're amazed by him, and the Warriors need him, and he puts up a 35 spot, and then the next day, he's going to turn the ball over seven times
4: and make you yank hair out of the side of your head. That just might be Jordan Poole no right now. No more Camilo Duvall for me, because okay. unbelievable, like Brandon Belt, he just flatline. Brandon Belt is just... He's just there. He'll come through. But he can carry a team and then... More often than not, he just stands there. He's either trying (laughs) to draw a walk or he's striking out. (laughs) To me, it's more Duvall where it's like, oh my God, this guy's unbelievably talented, Jordan Poole. But then Camilo Duvall won't throw the fastball. You get stuck on the breaking pitch. What are you doing? And you watched the highlight last night from the clip that Spadoni played so artfully on the way back in. And... The ball gets batted out. Jordan Poole tracks it down. DiVincenzo is standing there. There's no (laughs) defender within 14 feet of DiVincenzo. He has his arms out waiting for the pass. But Jordan Poole playing hero ball, dribbles it out, spins, and he's going to try to rise and fire from three-point land to tie the game as opposed to... Let me see if I can get a teammate involved. And he did this repeatedly throughout the course of the late stages of that game. And it's more than just the inexperience of a young player. To me, it's it's too much hubris. It's too much self-confidence and arrogance, not enough awareness of what's going on around him.
3: He did find a way to get the ball to Dante DiVincenzo.
4: No, he didn't. He did. Atlanta found a way to get the ball to well, DiVincenzo. Well, I mean, the ball came Jordan from... Jordan Poole <laughs> found a way to give Atlanta the ball, <laughs> but the Hawks slapped it out to an open DiVincenzo. So,
3: if you had tickets to that game last night, you got DiVincenzo'd. You did, because you, you did. got free basketball. You yeah, got an 10 minutes of free basketball. Oh, my gosh. It was, uh, it was a thing of beauty. You got actually... Two, right? Two OTs. D- D- Double OTs. You got 10 minutes of free hoop. Double up.
4: Uh, uh. Without yeah, a doubt. Absolutely. And you got to see the rarefied Kavon Looney walk-off. So because good. when you think about game winners, you would think about Steph Poole. You would think about Clay Thompson, obviously. You don't often think about oh. a walk-off Kavon, especially after a Kavon miss. 20 rebounds for Kavon Looney. Yeah. Draymond Green took one three-pointer on a night where the Warriors took 59, Mark. The Warriors took 59 three-point shots. Draymond took one. He drilled it, and it was a big one. Yeah. I also learned last night because uh, one of the
3: gifts for the uh, for the boys for Christmas was those, like, you know... Gift or gift uh, uh, No, gifts. Okay. With, with a, a T. A yeah. Like the indoor mini hoops that hang over the door. And so uh, last night after the game, both boys were practicing their Draymond Green three-point impression where they grab the ball right in front of their stomach and then kind of squat <laughs> and then throw their entire body toward the hoop. Yeah, They do some pretty good impressions. But Draymond's been hitting his three lately. So, you know, man, keep on shooting that thing. But I just think there are always players like that. And at least in this moment, until Jordan Poole becomes a little bit more refined, he's one of those guys. Steph Curry never drives me crazy. Klay Thompson, even though I know he's struggled, there's always context to it. He's never dr-
4: driven me crazy. Steph early in his career would drive you a little crazy with his his one arm passes, his behind the back shenanigans. Uh, he he was reckless with the right, ball earlier they, in his career. Sure, Let's not and, forget.
3: And they and they the, the, we talked about this earlier. The turnovers have always been kind of that's something you just deal with with this particular group and the way that they play. But there are always players like that. I guess Draymond is like that because brilliant defensively, such a quarterback on the court, but also his attitude and, and, and whatnot sometimes can drive you a little nuts. Jimmy Garoppolo was one of those players where it's like, oh my gosh, he took us to the Super Bowl and then you missed throws and you just kind of drive me a little bit nuts sometimes. I mentioned Brandon Belt. I think he's one of those players. There are other stars who are not that. right. Buster Posey never drove you nuts. You never pulled your hair. Oh, this Buster guy. I just can't take it anymore. Crawford
4: the same way, I think. Right. It's just, just steady. Uh, yeah,
3: he's kind of the same deal. Like Jordan Poole right now has got that. That thing where you're just gonna—it's gonna be a pendulum, and you're gonna have moments where you are out of your seat, amazed with what he does, and then you're going to be driven to drink because of what he does. That's 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 just gonna be part of this deal, I think, for a little while.
4: One of his growth areas that I see watching him play—forget the defensive end, where he's got a lot of growing to do offensive awareness. Last night, Clay Thompson was on, I don't even think you can call it a heater. It was beyond a heater. He kept you in it. He brought you back in the fourth quarter. He had 54 points, Jordan, and I know you saw it because you were out there playing with him. Get him the ball, and late in the fourth quarter, crunch time, in overtime, in double overtime, Jordan Poole was trying to go solo dolo, and Clay Thompson was all but begging for the basketball and Jordan Poole was trying to take it upon himself to get it done. I'd like to see a little bit more maturity, a little bit more awareness in those moments when a guy is on an absolute heater.
3: So what do you give me for this? Jordan Poole's on-court demeanor. And Draymond Green's off-court demeanor. When I say off-court, it does happen sometimes on, but here's what I mean: the non-basketball portions of Draymond. What have we said a thousand times? Guys, it's crazy. Guys, you crazy? He's out of control. But not just that. We want him to pull it back, and we know that his. Resp- okay. Picture this:
0: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.